Greetings, family. Welcome to today's reading, Bible College Curriculum. I pray that you're in fine, good spirits, that this is working. The research and the development of listening to God's Word in this college curriculum is making a difference in your life and my life, too. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Don't pray for one. Pray for a hundred. That's today's word. <laughs> Amen. Why pray for one car when you can pray for a hundred? Why pray for one house when you can pray for a hundred? You know, it's always been odd to me that when we pray for a job, God's thumb is so big, he tries to give us a business that provides hundreds of jobs. I've spoken to scores of Christians and people and their visions, and it's just astronomical of the type of international visions that God gives you of his purpose or his desires for our lives. Yours truly, too. I've gotten incredible visions of, you know, distributing resources throughout the world and uh, Learjet, where I have a business that's overflowing with abundance and it's the building and I'm the president and the owner and the, and the, the pilot for the Learjet that's full of product that I'm going to take it to Africa and give it to an orphanage. Those kind of dreams. Amazing, amazing visions. And I'm still trying to do that. <laughs> Amen. It starts with the Word of God, with surrendered, because God is our president, CEO. He is the council, administrator of all things. Amen. Well, let's get back to our communion first, and then we'll go ahead and do, well, let's do our Father, our prayer, the communion, and then we'll do our teaching. See how far we get today. Today we'll be doing February the 11th, I believe. No, February the 10th. Okay, put your hole in the dam. Let's go ahead and pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. Let's go ahead and get some bread, please. It represents the body of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross for us. And you have the juice, the blood of a grape that represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Have it available. And let's go ahead and, and go to the throne of God and say, Father, we thank you for this sacrifice of sending your son into the world as our redeemer, our savior. Lord, thank you for anointing Jesus Christ with the love and the Holy Spirit that his actions demonstrate his love that is amazing of his love for us and for you and for the scriptures. Thank you for the obedience of your son, Jesus Christ. And he asks us to do this in remembrance of him. So we lift up the bread to you. We ask you to bless it. As it represents the body of your son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for what he done on the cross for us. Let's go ahead and partake of the bread.
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy. Thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. Thank you, Father, for renewed life in us, made us brand new in Christ Jesus. New creations in Christ Jesus. And at evening, Jesus took the cup and said, Drink this. This is my blood shed for you for the remissions of forgiveness of sins. Let's go ahead and partake of the blood. Wonderful, wonderful blood of Jesus Christ that does wonders to us, heals us, take away our sins, take away our sickness and diseases, take away our desperation and longing, fills that part of my heart that I so long to, to please the Father, rightly so, to be in commune with him by his word and his approval. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for setting us right and putting us in the right hand of the Father right alongside you. Hallelujah. We love you and we praise you. And thank you for the wonderful water that you were baptized in and came off your side. We thank you for that wonderful water that recreates us, purifies us. We bless all the water we're going to drink today, Lord. It cleanses us. We bless your word, all the word we're going to take in today. We bless your bread, all the bread in the word we're going to eat today. We bless it. We bless this day, Lord, that we may stay under the canopy of your love, in the canopy of your grace, in the canopy of your mercy, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your love and your forgiveness that we are in the kingdom of God. We have sought your righteousness. And thank you that all things will be provided for us, Lord. All the things we need for this day. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Thank you, everyone, for coming on here for today's study. We'll go ahead. Our first scripture is 1 Chronicles 14.11 from the Amplified Bible. And this is by Kenny Copeland. And he says, punch a hole in the dam. For February the 10th. So Israel came up to Baal Perazim, and David smote the Philistines there. Then David said, God has broken my enemies by my hand, like the bursting forth of waters. Therefore, they call the name of that place Baal Perazim, Lord of Breaking Through. Lord of breaking through. First Chronicles 14.11 Like the bursting forth of waters. I love that phrase. It paints such a powerful and accurate picture of a breakthrough. Do you remember the story of the little boy who saw a leak in the dam and plugged up the hole with his fingers? He knew that the force of water flowing through that one tiny hole would have enlarged the leak with every second that passed. And as the dam gave way to the pressure, that tiny trickle would have quickly become a raging flood. Reach out your hand in faith. Expect God to break in upon your enemies just like he did for David. That's how your breakthrough will come, like the bursting forth of waters. All you have to do is punch one little hole in that wall of problems. 
in that devilish dam that's been holding you back. Dig one tiny hole in it with your faith and with the Word of God. Then keep tearing away at that hole by speaking of that faith day after day. Don't quit because God's force are backed up behind you like a ocean of spiritual water. Each time you speak a word of faith, they leak through. The more you speak and the more you pray, the more you sing and praise God, hum to yourself throughout the day, the bigger the leak will get. Begin your breakthrough right now. Say, repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, I rejoice today that you are the Lord of my breakthrough. Lord Jesus, I rejoice today that you are Lord of my breakthrough. Okay, one more time. Lord Jesus, I rejoice today that you are Lord of my breakthrough. One more time. Lord Jesus, I rejoice today that you are Lord of my breakthrough. I thank you that the flood of your power is about to sweep through my life. I thank you that the flood of your power is about to sweep through my life. I know there is no problem that can stand against it. Poverty can stand against it. Family problems can't stand against it. Nothing the devil can do can stop my victory. I praise you for it now. Amen. Now keep praying that way. Keep believing. And before long... The forces of God will come bursting through, demolishing every obstacle in their path. Hallelujah. Amen. Reading 1 Chronicles 14. Let's go over there. 8 through 17. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they all went up in search of David, and he heard about it and went out against him. Now the Philistines had come and made a raid in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of God, Shall I go up against the Philistines? And will you hand them over to me? Then the Lord said to him, Go up! And I will hand them over to you. So Israel came up to Baal-perazim, and David defeated the Philistines there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like the breakthrough of waters. Therefore they named that place Baal-perazim. The Philistines abandoned their gods' idols there, so David gave a command, and they were burned in a fire as the law of Moses required. The Philistines again made a raid in the valley. So David inquired again of God. And God said to him, Do not go up after them, 
circle around behind them and come at them in front of the balsam trees. It shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then you will go out to battle. For God has gone out before you to strike the Philistine army. So David did just as God had commanded him. And they struck down the army of the Philistine from Gibeon as far as Gezer. Then David's fame spread into all the lands, and the Lord caused all nations to fear him. Amen. Beautiful, wonderful words of life. That's like the uh, the Lord shall go ahead of us to destroy our enemies. The Lord will protect us. The Lord will say, Who's bothering you, my son? Who's bothering you? Amen. Thank you, Father, for protecting us from the evil and busting them through and getting them out of here and hightailing them out of our presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. February 11th. Beyond what you can ask or think. By Gloria Copeland. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. Few things in the Bible have created more fuss than the issue of speaking in tongues. Churches have split over it. People have been persecuted for doing it. People have even been killed for it. Who's behind all the trouble? Satan himself. He's so frightened of our ability to pray in tongues that he's continually trying to steal it from us through persecution and strife. You see, the devil knows, even if we don't, that praying in tongues is the only way you and I can pray Beyond what we know. Let me say that again. The devil knows that praying in tongues is the only way we can pray beyond our understanding. It's the tool God has given us to use to tap in the mind of the Spirit. Through obedience, we access that. When we pray in tongues, we activate the Holy Spirit within us. And he begins to teach us and enlighten us. If you want to see an example of what praying in tongues can do, look at the Apostle Paul. He said he prayed in tongues more than anyone in the whole Corinthian church. And he was responsible for writing most of the New Testament. Another example is the first church of Jerusalem. They didn't have any of the New Testament to read. They couldn't turn to Ephesians and find out what God's plan was for them. They just had to pray in tongues until the revelation light of God dawned in their hearts. That's all the equipment they had, so they used it and turned the world upside down. Some years ago, God began directing me to spend an hour a day praying in tongues. After I did it a while, I began to talk to other Christians who had been directed to do the same thing. God was speaking to believers all over the world to spend time 
and praying in the Spirit. I, Fernando, ask you to pray five in the morning till six in the morning with me. Let's pray, hum, sing songs, stay in the Spirit, and pray for each other, for the body of Christ. Amen. If you haven't made a commitment to spend some time each day praying in tongues, make one now. Set aside all the disagreements and confusion the devil has stirred up about it and just say, Lord, I'm going to do it. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what any man says. I know you have plans for me that are so good my human mind hasn't even conceived them. Things that are beyond what I can ask or think. And by praying in the Spirit, I'm going to receive them. Amen. Okay, repeat after me. Say, Lord, I am going to do it. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what any man says. I know you have plans for me that are so good. My human mind hasn't been able to conceive them. Things that are beyond what I can ask or think. And by praying in the Spirit, I'm going to receive them. Woo-hoo! Amen to that. What hope, what joy, what laughter brings that statement to us, huh? Don't let the distractions of the devil disturb you. Thank God in the midst of them. Tap into the mind of God. Speak for his wisdom. Praying in the Spirit today. Amen and amen. Let's go to Isaiah 28, 9 through 12, please. Isaiah 28, 9 through 12. They say, to whom will he teach knowledge? And to whom will he explain the message? Loaves just weaned from milk? Loaves just taken from the breast? For he says, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, rule upon rule, rule upon rule. Here a little, there a little. Indeed, the Lord will teach this people in a more humiliating way by men with stammering lips and a foreign tongue. He who said to them, this is the place of quiet, give rest to the weary. And this is the resting place, yet they would not listen. Amen and amen. And that's been my experience, folks. That when I speak in tongues, it is humiliating. My subconscious mind says, boy, you sure are dumb. It may be the devil. You know, it's just a waste of time. You sound like you're nuts. But it is a humiliating way that clears the arteries of pride, ego, self, being God to myself. Uh, control freak really it makes way to humbling myself and letting God be God isn't that a wonderful wonderful scripture this is the place of quiet give rest to the weary this is the resting place yes we would have it yes God's people we say yes 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 Lord let us bring on the tongues let us pray in the spirit that we may receive and accomplish things beyond our minds in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Or our imaginations. Thank you, everyone. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and move over to the 12th of February. This one is by Gloria Copeland. It says, Weary or worry? Weary or... No, excuse me. It says, Weary of worry. Ah. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and make manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. Not Savior, but the taste of his knowledge by us in every place, by the aroma of his knowledge by us in every place. And now the same scripture in the Amplified Bible says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us spreads and makes evident everywhere the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are the sweet fragrance, 15, of Christ, which ascends to God, discernible both among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Woo! My, my, my. What do we have here, folks? More than we can ever ask, think, or believe. Amazing stuff as we Christians, by God's remake, redo, are. Amen. All right, the study says, as you fight the good fight of faith today, remember this, your mind is where the battle will take place. Whatever you allow to captivate your mind will rule your life. Will it be the word of God or the lies of Satan? The decision is yours. If you want the word to reign, Make up your mind now to resist the devil when he comes to plant doubts within you. Refuse to surrender to the circumstantial pressure he brings your way. Decide at the outset that you will not so come to this trial. Dig your heels in and stand immovable upon the promises of God. When thoughts come that are contrary to God's will, cast them out and above all, don't worry. Do you realize that worrying is meditating the thoughts of Satan? When you recognize you are worrying, stop it immediately. Replace worry, fearful, and doubtful thoughts with the word. You can do like I do, folks. Put a rubber band on your wrist, and every time you worry, say, Oh, I thank God I worried, and snap it. And do it for 30 days this way before you worry, your subconscious mind will stop you and say, hey, wait a minute, we don't want to go there. We want to thank God and catch yourself before the thought takes place and you meditate on it. Amen. All we got to do is recalibrate ourselves with new worthy biblical habits. Amen. We have a tape recorder in there. We need to go in there and change the tape and put God's tape in us. Here we go. Be assured Satan will continually try to tell you that your situation is hopeless. It will persistently peddle doubt, defeat, and discouragement. But if you won't allow him to sell you his goods, his commission will be zero. 
If you don't buy his lies, he can't cause them to come to pass in your life. God has promised that he will always cause you to triumph in Christ. Memorize that. You are guaranteed victory over any adversity you face today. Make up your mind right now to be a winner and you'll spread the knowledge of victory in Christ everywhere you go. Hallelujah. Our reading to bring home this teaching is found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Therefore, my fellow believers whom I love and long for, my delight and crown, my raft of victory, is this way stand firm in the Lord. In this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Again, let me read that again. Therefore, my fellow believers whom I love and long for, my delight and crown, my raft of victory, in this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. The Message Bible says, My dear, dear friends, I love you so much. I do want the very best for you. You make me feel such joy. Fill me with such pride. Don't waver. Stay on track. Steady in God. I urge Iodia and Singtichi to iron out their differences and make up. God doesn't want his children holding grudges. And, oh yes, Sysigus, since you're right there to help them work things out, do your best with them. These women work for the message hand in hand with Clement and me, and with the other veterans worked as hard as any of us. Remember their names are also in the book of life. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. To sum it all up, friends, I say, You'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God will who makes everything work together will work will work you into the most excellent harmonies. Amen and amen. Beautiful. That was the Message Bible by Peterson. Moving right along to our next reading, February the 13th. You can open the door. Kenny Copeland. You can open that door. 
Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Matthew 7, 7. How long has it been since you were backed into a corner? Hemmed in by a seemingly insurmountable problem. If you're anything like most folks, it hasn't been very long. Some of us spend years trying to work our way out of financial binds only to end up more bound by debt than ever. Others work fanatically on marriages that, despite their best efforts, deteriorate from year to year. Still others fight battles against fear or depression, drug addiction, or disease. Deep within our hearts, each of us knows there must be an answer to the problem we face. But often it seems to be out of reach, hidden behind a door that's locked tightly against us. What I want you to know today, however, is this. We can open that door. Jesus himself has given us the keys. Plural, the keys. Right now, you may be facing a situation that looks utterly hopeless. But God has a key ring full of keys that will unlock any situation. He has the keys that open the doors for you spiritually and physically financially and emotionally. No matter how hard the devil tries to trap you, if you get hold of the right key, you can find your way out. God's word is full of keys of kingdom principles, keys to bind the devil's operations, and keys to loose yourself from his snares. God has a key that will unravel any knot that the devil can tie. He also has a key that will lock up the devil's operation so tightly that he won't be able to move. Remember this, there's no situation so dark and so cleverly designed by the forces of darkness that there is not a kingdom key that will unlock it with kingdom power. There is an answer to your situation, so keep digging for it. If you've been digging in the Word of God in one spot and haven't found your answer, then look at another chapter, a different verse. Keep digging until you find the key. Keep knocking at every door until you find the one that opens. Amen. A couple of scriptures came to me, Isaiah 55 and 3 John, verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. Amen. Okay, let's go to Psalm 63. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, family, for coming on here and being part of this Bible study. Amazing, amazing information. Psalms 
63. We're going to read it in the um, Message Bible, since I already have it here. Was it 63 or 62? 63. God, you're my God. I can't get enough of you. I worked up such hunger and thirst for God, traveling across dry and weary deserts. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. In your generous love, I am really living at last. My lips brim praise, says like fountains. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. I am feel like eating prime rib and gravy. I smack my lips in thanksgiving. It's time to shout praises. If I'm sleepless at midnight because of the food, <laughs> I spend the hours in grateful reflection. Because you always stood up for me, I'm free to run and play. I hold on to you for dear life, and you hold me steady as a post. Those who are out to get me are marked for doom, marked for death, bound for hell. They'll die violent death. Jackals will tear them limb from limb. But the king is glad in God. His true friends spread the joy, while small-minded gossips are gagged for good. Amen and amen. Let's go ahead and read that again. We'll read it in the New King James. A lot of us are so attuned to the New King James, not to take anything away from the Message Bible. I love that too. But I also love the New King James. Joy in the fellowship of God is called a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with moral and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Mm. 
May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. I said, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. I said, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace.